0: Welcome to Adam's Cave. Adam's Cave is a space where we discuss matters affecting men and the people that men love decisively, deeply, and dearly. And we always say in a very clear, concise, and guided manner. Thank you very much for your comments, feedback, and for being part of Adam's Cave. Of course, you know, this cave cannot be warm without you. It can be very, very cold. But thank you so much for being part of it. So remember to keep us uh, updated and extending in your conversation through our SMS line 20933 or our WhatsApp line 717 400 or just drop a line on our YouTube pages and we'll be very, very happy and glad to hear from you. I'm your host, Casey Jackie Protich, and I'm so delighted to have you on board. Last week, we did discuss a very interesting topic, Sage, our simpleton sage, or simpleton. And where we discussed, we looked at the original Adam being in the Garden of Eden with a very specific instruction to work and take care of it. But you said between then and now, it became Shambhala Mawe for some. That means a very difficult place to work. But then we ask ourselves then, how does a man navigate the marketplace in pursuit of his role as a provider, a priest, and a protector? So in this conversation today, we'll go down into key principles to have that conversation. And to help us go through that conversation is a certified biblical entrepreneur, trainer, and coach who is passionate about transforming the marketplace through kingdom principles and making sure we have impact. So allow me now to welcome our assistant regional director, Nemea Project Africa, Elder Frank Kitonga. Karibu sana.
1: Asante sana, my brother.
0: It's good to have you on
1: board again. It's good to be here. It's not
0: cold. I'm here with you. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you again for keeping us, uh, those SMS coming lines so that we can have a great conversation with Elder Frank, Karibu Elder Frank. Asante. So we discussed last week and we went through the knowledge and we discussed how men should be aware of themselves. First, before we go deep, who are you? Just in case somebody's joining us today.
1: Ah, yes. Sorry. <laughs> so. Hi everyone, my name is Frankie Tonga, it is such a pleasure to be here and thank you so much. Um, So I I work for or I run Nehemiah Project here in Kenya and assist uh, in the entire region. Um, Nehemiah Project is an organization that really wants to work alongside supporting kingdom entrepreneurs to help them to build organizations or businesses that really bring impact in the marketplace and see the marketplace changed and taken for Christ. Um, Very excited to be here once again. And I just wanna, you know,
0: let's dump, let's go right into it. Yeah, Karibu Sana, you ready to go? I'm ready to go. What do you have there? (laughs) So what do you have today? I know men are ready to, uh, and women of course, are ready to just roll their sleeves and get in this conversation. We
1: you remember we we said, I promise, you guys. I'm going to tell them about uh, yes, the the good corruption, God's corruption. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: the the way we
1: it? use that word corruption, it's interesting. It's like there's a system that should be followed, oh. but then you can you can circumvent it. Mm-hmm. But it's a thing called favor. You know what favor is? Yes. Favor is when you get what you don't deserve. It's like the grace of God. You don't... It's unmerited. It's unmerited. You, You don't deserve to get what you get. But God has ways of providing favor for you, like when you're in a process, a certain process, and he can... You know, have you ever gone into the airport and suddenly they say, uh, you the other day I was, I was, I was flying. Yeah, I was just flying from Mombasa, and as I'm coming in, I find uh, a good friend. I says, "Oh, Frank, you know today we're gonna sit at the." Hey, man, that flight was was fantastic, uh, and I had my friends. I told them, um, "I'm uh, going to the business, uh, class. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and business class." Business class. Like, did you pay for I it? Said, like, no. no,
1: no, this this favour, and I just sat in there. Yes. Um, one of the ways you make things happen is based on who you know. And, and who you know is important in business. So based on who you know, you can get certain advantages in the, in the business. And we call it a relational uh, um, quotient. Or it's, it's, it's relationships that allow you certain spaces. So we call this good corruption where we say build good relationships mm-hmm. and sometimes you can pick up a full I remember I was in Zimbabwe and uh, I was visiting this friend of mine who was this factory and they're about to go into the mines to mine and he he the power he calls the Kenya power equivalent uh, of uh, and he says hey Zimbabwe. I, I, Zimbabwe, are you? do we have lights this week? He said, no, no, you're not planned. He said, could we have lights? He said, okay, because of you, you're going to have lights. I said, what's that? And it's, he didn't pay any money. He didn't say that. He said, something was changed because of a good relationship. Now, I know that uh, there's some gray area. The point I'm making is if you have good relationships somewhere, they can make difficult processes to become easy. Because you have these relationships. good relationships are hard to keep, but if you invest in them, you can get things done in your business world. So, so can you imagine one of the ways to really keep away from a corrupt process is create relationships. Some relationships are easy to keep as a call a guy, visit a guy. Be in the band of brothers. One of those brothers could be in certain spaces where you can get in without a problem. Somebody wanted you to corrupt. says, do you know, I know the boss. Yes. And not for no other reason, you don't have to be compromised or go through processes. Um, all we're asking is, let's develop good relationships and then create communities where we work together. You, have you seen how non-Christian communities work together. Try this. Like the Somali community, they're connected, they're one. This is happening, this is where it's going. Try the the temples, and you'll find people meet there Sunday mornings and they're talking. Try Christians. They want to make sure you're not working. Come on. Let's build these communities. When we help one another, we grow. So that's another thing. Um, Walk in the favor of God if you can learn what that is. Build good relationship. It's called relational equity. And lastly, develop. Be part of a community that enables. So anyway,
0: that's where we're beginning today. Wow. Great principles. Uh, I didn't think about good corruption. <laughs> <laughs> but now uh, I understand. Favor, indeed, uh, is not fair sometimes, they say.
1: Uh, what else do you have up to your sleeves? Yeah, so we started this conversation mm-hmm. on yeah. knowledge. And so we want to dig deep a little bit and mm-hmm. say, One of the things you want to do as an entrepreneur is you need to know the, I call it the life cycle of a kingdom business. For example, when a child is growing, and between you and you, there's many children, like you said. (laughs) When a child is growing, there's like infancy, then toddler, then I, I think now child or whatever, and then next level, teenager, whatever. There's a stage. And every stage a child grows into a parent does different things. You don't start paying school fees for a child who is in the tummy. No, absolutely. So you wait. So every stage requires a different strategy. So does a business. So I'm going to give you about seven, eight stages that a kingdom business goes through. Literally a business. Number one stage is a business goes through what we call discovery. Discovery stage is a place where the business has not yet been started but it is being, you can say it's in pregnancy stage. It's not Mm -hmm. yet come out, it's not yet been born. You still, it's called idea stage. Now, what do you do when a business is in idea stage? Some of the things you do there obviously is come up with a plan, Uh, maybe you don't know, do some research, get information, um, understand what you're about to get into. You see, all that happens at discovery stage. Do you know something? If you start a business without creating, and I call it um, a runway, for example, you know that a business is gonna need you in the next stage, and you will you know you need to know how much money will I have that can sustain me until a business becomes profitable? That's what we call a runway. How much runway do you need? You see, somebody has left the office, they're saying, Mimi Nanda Biashara, I'm going to start my own business. Nikona, I have 5 million shillings. And the business they start requires... 10 million. Yeah. (laughs) But they start. Mm. And they have not thought, okay, I still need to pay my mortgage or my rent. So how much money do you need to keep running your family? How much money does this business need? Who do I really need to employ? That runway must be determined, if possible, at discovery. But you don't have to. You can start. You'll find out soon enough. So that's just stage one. Stage two is startup. This is a business has started. Twendekazi. This is you're no longer you put your foot in the water. The water can open uh, rather, or, or it doesn't. There's nothing. So stage two. What do you do in stage two? So all I'm saying is every stage, every business, um, every business stage has a step. Do I go on to the end? Yes. To, to yes. Okay. So stage two, it's a startup. Now, the one thing about startups that you have to know is you don't have, it, it doesn't, what you put in, what the business gives you back and what you put in is not equivalent. You have much less because you're testing. But this is a good time to what I call an MVP, minimal minimal, minimal viable product. This is when you fast, your product first is tested by the market. And this is where you observe, okay, I have this service, I'm making q And this cutex I think is fantastic, but you've not sold it. It's been an idea. Now you make it and you give it to someone and you tell them this is the cost. And they smell it, they try it on or whatever, and they say, I really like this. Or you've seen them say, "Mm, something's, but there's something. This is when you iterate, change your product, work on it, clean it up to make sure that the client or the customer loves the product. This is a good time when you get out of the office, get out in the market, meet potential clients, talk to them, listen to them, hear their heart, hear their views, hear their what, and then iterate, iterate, until you get a product customers are excited about. Startup stage is fantastic because when you get it right, revenue begins to come in. And now you quickly go into the next stage, which is break-even stage. Your revenue is equal to your cost. Fantastic stage to be, because it's like your head is just now a little above the the water. Hopefully you had a runway that's getting you here. Because if you're paying yourself a salary, when you are at startup stage and you didn't plan, you're looking for trouble because you won't survive. As in you'll eat the little income that has come and you'll not be able to buy raw materials or buy whatever you need, a computer, pay internet for the business you're running. So you want to go to the, to the next stage. Next stage is fantastic. Revenue is equal to cost. This is a really good time to now understand your, your, your costing model, yeah? You are working on your own startup, now begin to really drive. Because as you begin to, let me ask you, the, pro, the, the most important equation in business is what? Simple. R minus C is equals to P. Simple, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You don't have much control of R, revenue. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because you don't know if people are going to show up or not. Mm-hmm. But you have full control of C. The costs. You have full. Now go in, look at your cost drivers. What is it that drives my costs? It's a good time to invest. Yeah, I mean, to invest your level of of knowledge, of understanding. Who are my suppliers? How many suppliers can give me this thing? What are my credit terms? What are my credit days? This is a good time to check. Also begin to build your power around cash flow systems. It's a good time to begin to say, okay, do I understand? Do I have cash to pay suppliers? So now you're beginning to develop your cash cycle. I'm going to talk about cash cycle another day, so let's keep going. (laughs) Profit. Is the next stage. So now the next stage, we're on stage number four. And stage number four is, remember we started One idea? Uh, I call it idea. What did we call it? Idea stage, then startup, then break even. Now we are profitable. Yes. If you do a good job and grow your revenue and especially your cost goes down, you yep. enter into profit world. Profit world is fantastic. Mm. This is where you feel, I have arrived. But, my brother, (laughs) be careful here because it's possible Mm -hmm. to now start pushing yourself very hard. I want more money. I want more money. Seashells looks like a good thing to do. You don't take your family away. We're in profit country. Careful. There's something called profit trap. Mm -hmm. Profit trap is when you are growing your top line, but your costs are coming along. Okay, So you're really not making, your costs are coming along so the money you're really making at the bottom is the same same. with with a much more double your effort. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be in a scenario like that. You need to go back to the strategy we talked in on the previous strategy. Do you know your costing model? Do you know your costing model? Or what are you doing around your growth? So your marketing strategy, you're beginning to really think around that next stage. The next stage is the best stage. Because most people will crash in profit because they start to go to scaling. is a mistake. If you scale before you standardize, you will die. Next stage, you call it sustainability stage. The sustainability is where you set systems that run the business, not where you are the system. You know, when you're a startup, you are the janitor. You are the, uh, tea, the one who tea cooker, like <laughs> bad English. You are the everything. At this time, you have a team, you're developing system. How do we market? How do we bring in revenue? What's the strategy we use? What's the strategy we use for people management? What systems do we use in terms of IT systems do we use that enable us to reduce manual work? That's what you do here. If you do your sustainability Stage right, your profit stage will be fantastic because you'll be able to go to scalability easily. Which is what now create the second shop, create the third shop, create the fourth shop. But what if you jump the sustainability stage? You have transferred all the weaknesses that were there in the mm-hmm. profit stage. People, those pilferage. Uh, you are not buying Weber for your stuff for your staff. Mm-hmm. You know, you have no insurance. You have no what? All those problems. That exposure is tripled based on the level of your scalability. That's trouble. That's why I, I tell entrepreneurs, hey, guys, before you start scaling, check. Do you have SOPs, systems, all in place so that when you scale, there's a system running the business? Now you can just get a dashboard in your office and find out what do I need. Then, the last stage. We call it the succession stage. The succession stage is must to be thought of. You know what is interesting? I always ask entrepreneurs, guys, when do you think you should start thinking about succession? Pause. Most people say, ah, when you're in profit stage. No. You start thinking about succession models,
0: at inception, at Again. the idea stage. Really? I would have thought when we are happy days, we are making money, you're going to seashells. Uh, uh, it's too late. Over. By the time you start thinking about it, you are going now too quickly. You're mm.
1: making money. You're excited. Mm. You can do it at sustainability, but it's better for you to start thinking about it start at out. inception. What kind of person would I want? Mm. What are my core values? Because that's where you are thinking about your business structure. What are my core values? What are the values that I espouse to? And therefore, who would fit that type? You start thinking about that. By the time you're praying about it, you know the standard. The day the guy shows up, you know. Or if it is your son, or if it is somebody else who will come later, they will fit a criteria. But the problem is this. We start thinking of the criteria when you are too old. Um, You have to leave the business, or unfortunately, you exit the business without knowing because of a sudden uh, mishap. Mm -hmm. The business is bare. It didn't have a plan. So succession. So, any man or any of our Eves who's wanting to really build a business, you want to think about where am I in this uh, kingdom life cycle? And then determine from there, "Mm, uh, what do I need to do? That's why I went step-by-step explaining potential strategies that you can apply at whatever stage you're in. So maybe a question is, where are you? And then what should you
0: do? Yeah, That's a powerful look. Can you answer that question then? One? <laughs> For some of them. Especially, I'm wondering, especially people who are on succession stage mm. and they haven't thought about it. Mm. And I think, uh, Frank, certain communities, as you said, begin from the word startup, yeah. an idea place. Yeah. So they begin to hold their son make sure they're in their shop or their daughter and they're in their shop and they continue the business. But how comes you don't do that? I was a
1: procurement manager for a long time. Yeah, And it's always risky to say you are a procurement manager. Everyone says, uh, uh, hey, no, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. No. So I am happy to say <laughs> as a procurement manager in this country for about 10, 10 years plus. Uh-huh. Whenever I went to my suppliers, they tended to be Asians. Whenever I went to my suppliers... Man, I will be finding, first of all, I'm talking to two generations. That's cool. I'll be talking to a 60-year-old and a 35, 40-year-old. But do you know what was interesting? The grandchild of this 60-year-old was also in the business somewhere. Cool. They were already being told, this is our thing. We take care of this thing. They said to think about this thing a long time ago. It's very different. About our businesses. The first time you're allowed to come, so And then you find out you have to exit and you haven't planned. So actually one of the things we do in Nehemiah very well is succession models. We actually take families and journey with them, showing them biblical models of succession and begin to work plans and strategies. Mm -hmm. um, Governance models. And it's not just succession. You know, you don't have to Leave your business to be inherited. You can also think of exit strategies. Can I sell this business? Who will be interested in this type of business at a different level? Can it go and be part of Safaricom or one of these big businesses? Can I sell it? Exit. Exit is a model that you can use. And others, obviously, you can transfer to the next generation and prepare them. The point is this. It's not your business. You're a steward. Do you know what God says to Joshua? I I mean, Moses, you are now old. I want to do more with Israel. We had not done with what we were doing, but you are old. Meaning I can not go where I want to go. With you. With you. (laughs) What's the plan? That's when Mm. Joshua is in the game. And Joshua had been with him for a long time. So it was natural to bring him in. And something I realized that, hey, your successor is not you. They will be imperfect. But be willing to work with them. As in the other day, Dubai uh, found a minister, I think for what, I'm forgetting the minister for, but in terms of digital space and everything, who is 26 years old. If a nation like that is willing to trust a minister for... Do do we have any ministers in Kenya for less than 30 years old? (laughs) Not now. Maybe even less than 40, I'm not sure. Not now, yes. But we need to, to rise up and begin to say, create a system and be willing to trust somebody else and train them, give them the time and the energy while it's still early. That's so that you can manage. So you see, this, and, 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 and let me say this to men. Sometimes the successor, su- su- the, the, the owner who wants to get a successor, is not the problem. Is we find ourselves so the younger person who should take over do, does not want responsibility, does not want the privilege of work and taking this thing to the next level is very happy to, to, to have influenza. Affluenza is a disease that people who are entitled get. And, and, and if there is success for you that you have to take over, it's time to step up and be a man. That's why you come to the Adams Cave. This is our place where we say, "Wakey, wakey, man. Mm, be a man. Yeah. Mm. So we also can't just say, that's not my thing. Um, And and I I find many times someone say, oh, me, my dad is into the, you know, caterpillar business. Me, I'm a digital marketer. Let's find ways to make this work. Because I believe God is a God of generations. Mm -hmm. So he starts with this generation, intends to grow this thing, intends to build on the other so that every generation stands on the shoulders of the previous generation. By the time God is in the third generation, that thing is a different level. And you know what? Check, you'll find some of these businesses that are not church, even though they're using a model of the kingdom, are three generations later, and now they're into a very different level of wealth. So uh, I, I just want to say, hey guys, Let's begin to think together. Let's begin to think together. And you know, Eves can help with this journey. They have a certain influence. An instinct. (laughs) Even when you're that that young. As in, I see my kids, how they are being taught about wealth. Their mom is really spending a lot of Bible study time with them, teaching them this is how wealth is, is grown, is developed. And what's your dad? He's doing it. Well, I better be doing it. Praise (laughs) the Lord. Amen. But but that's what I'm saying. So, Mm. Eves can also become and be part of this journey of helping the future generation to start being taught this thing early. So that by the time they're teenagers, it's too late sometimes. We can still do it by the grace of God. But
0: let's start these conversations very early. Mm. Wow, that's so deep. You mentioned one biblical example. Do you have any other? Yes, yes, yes. yes. In terms of, of the models, yes.
1: Jesus is a model of a, of a succession model. He does the heavy lifting, but he doesn't do distribution.
0: Wow. Explain that again.
1: He he. Other people will mm. take this gospel and this <clears throat> gospel of the kingdom, what will happen to it? It will go to the ends of the world with who? so he prepared the people who will do that who will push it out now it's fantastic yeah? do you realize that if mm. jesus doesn't have successors things are not good eh mm-hmm. the harvest is ready but the laborers i used it last week but the laborers are few what if there are no laborers how does this he's not going to come back no so what happens he had to have a succession model that worked that's how me and you became a Christian. That's another biblical. But there are actually more, as in you can pick, and you can just check at David, uh, and, and, and he, the way he orchestrated the plan for Solomon to be... I, I don't know if he will have slept two more days. There will be a different king in Israel. And the Lord had spoken to him who should have been taking over. The, the, the responsibility of, being, of both generations working together is heavy. And sometimes we are beating our parents' generation. They are not giving us. And yet sometimes it's us who are not stepping up. Or the opposite. Somebody has stepped up and these ones are not coming down to help. So this cooperation of generations is critical. In every success, successful model of succession, we see both generations coming together too. To pull
0: each other. There's something you mentioned, so I find it very, very powerful that the success of the other generation should stand on our shoulders to build the next generation. But some of most businesses always are stage one, idea start, yes. idea start, and never get to succession.
1: It's actually very serious because you find, so let me say this profitability mm-hmm. is a factor of stewardship and obedience. If you're going to be profitable, remember the statement I use, a master of best practices. Yes. That's stewardship. I put in the right systems in the right place. And then, as the Holy Spirit leads you, you are obedient. Think about that guy. Improve that guy. Take care of that customer. Watch this model. Watch this. So, stewardship is... Caring, isn't it? That process of being responsible. That's stewardship is engulfed. In, it is required, as the word says, for a steward to be found what? Faithful. Faithful. Faithful, yes. So stewardship is a faithfulness journey. Now, this is a problem. Stewards, if they don't take the business from the beginning and care for it and do the right things at every stage, the business will collapse. But you have to carry it to the end the, you know, to the very top, to the succession stage. Every single step. So I, I like to teach, when I'm teaching profitability, but the profitability is a must in the kingdom. Did you know that? There is no space for Loss. non-profitable <laughs> businesses in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So, ah, excuse me, excuse me. Mm-hmm. How else are we going to, 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 to give? How else are we going to, to grow wealth? In a, pro, in a business that's not profitable. The unprofitable servant, do you know what happened to him?
0: Things are sad. Those story. are very sad, <laughs>
1: very sad things. Profitability is a demand. That's mm-hmm. why stewardship is critical. Yes. Stewardship produces profit. Profit is the basis for giving. It is the basis for for reinvestment. It is the basis. For saving, and that's why when we when we are working with churches, we we actually want to help a church to get their business people into profitable zone, because it is the basis of a profitable zone that the church can run. But if we don't do if we don't help entrepreneurs to get into profitable zone, we can now not de- depend on increase. That is necessary to grow the work of God. Ultimately, wherever money will come to the church, entrepreneurship will be involved. Say it's an employee. Yes, who is doing what? Of an entrepreneur. Even the government is an entrepreneur providing power or providing whatever. They are doing entrepreneurship. So the 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 the, the, the skill of entrepreneurship is critical in wealth development and in sustaining the work of God to go forward. If there is a skill that must be required, in my view, in the house of God, entrepreneurship. Now, I know I am...
0: <laughs> I can see you're so I, passionate. I, 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 I'm so <laughs> passionate about all these things. I have to come back. Let's stay on the knowledge side. No, there's something you just gave us a snippet for. I think it should be, let's say, next week on cash flow. What's the difference between profit and cash? Mm you can't believe it. I, I know
1: I know I know it's your country but uh, eh, these the, the I have that question so many times eh? so many times um, a friend of mine asked me the other day so Frank now that you are profitable how much can I take from the business I said no 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 you, wh- you have to make sure it is there to take say but wh- where is it? Uh, so, I actually yes. given me a very tough question. How do I <laughs> go deeper in this or this? So, let's, let's go into it. Hmm. Profit, according to accounts, comes from what you call a profit and loss account. Now, in the profit and loss, there are expenses and there is revenue. Bottom line, let's keep it that way. Yes. For simple. Those two interaction of revenue, remember the formula? Yes. Tells you if you're profitable. Pose, pose, pose. Cash is different. In that expenses and revenues, there are things we don't put in there. For example, loans. We don't put in there investments or capex when you're building a house, whatever, we bought a new shamba, That's not on the profit conversation, but it is on the cash. Because what does the cash look like? Cash looks at all cash in Regardless of what, all cash out out without statistical costs. So let's not go to depreciation. Let's keep it simple. Now, the cash must be able to talk to the profit. Now, you may be profitable, but you use that cash to buy land. You use that cash to pay a loan. Paying a loan is not an expense of the business except the interest. So the loan is, does not get charged onto there. So that's why those are different. But there's another one thing you have to put in. Balance sheet Because what am I building? This loan, where does it sit? Or this asset I have, where does it sit? Then the balance sheet tells you, these are all the stuff you own, and these are all the things you owe. For you to understand the... The Bible says, know the state of your flock. In business, you can use it because the flock by the way, was their business. eh? Know the state of your flock. For you to know the state of your flock, you need to know these three things. And if you don't know it, by the way, did you know something? You can come and pay me. I'll help you. But it's even easier. YouTube has the solution. Go type profit and loss account tutorial. You can just learn there. And if you give yourself a week or two, you'll understand. And do the same on balance sheet, do the same on... And when you understand these three, do you know what you've become? You're becoming a responsible steward. Become a master of what? Best practices. If there's something every man in Adam's cave, we've got to get into this thing. What are the best practices? Do you know it is the lowest level of knowledge in a business? Best practice. Yes. And I'll show you. Okay. It's a low, It's the minimum you should know, especially as a kingdom entrepreneur. Best practice is not that you have the highest level of learning. No. The second level after best practice is knowing biblical principles. Because biblical principles are unlocking the will of God in a matter. So I may know I need to pay people on time. That's best practice because they'll run away otherwise. They'll go somewhere else. Biblical principles teaches us not to treat people as, you know, nothing. Tells us to value human resource, to take care of it. Oh, so now I'm not just doing best practice. I'm obeying the word of God. But every blessing behind an instruction now comes into the business because it is God who keeps good employees attached to you. But there's another level. Now you go to the third level of knowledge, which is supernatural. So a kingdom business is practicing best practices. Kingdom business is practicing biblical uh, principles. A kingdom business is operating in the supernatural. You know that tithe you give, what happened when you tithe? You have released the power of God in that how in that place. That business, you go and fast and pray and wait on God. How are you getting this information? Supernaturally. This is the instruction. This is the way. Walk in it. This is the witty inventions. Where are they coming from? I'm waiting for the Lord in prayer. I'm seeking God. I'm waking up in the morning. Suddenly, something comes. Boom, it comes. Where is it coming? It's coming it finds you in the place of prayer. That's why I wonder, if you are a kingdom business, how are you losing in the marketplace? You have Holy Ghost, you have biblical principles, and then you have best practices.
0: How are you losing?
1: The world is only fighting with basic best practices. How are we losing? It's still we, we need to maybe up our game here and and use. Do you know the Holy Spirit is the competitive advantage for a kingdom entrepreneur? Wow. It's powerful. You guy, you know the guy who knows the market is going to collapse in the next three months, yes. giving you advice today? hour. Good. Holy Ghost, competitive advantage. And you know how you measure a competitive advantage? You check, can your competition know and utilize the Holy Spirit? They don't know him. The Bible says they don't know him. <laughs> So, my, my view is, anyway, I, 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 I need you to, to take us to the next level, but <laughs> I was just saying that let's now, when you become master of best practices, let's take it higher. Let's learn what the word of God says about business, but let's take it higher. You know, there are demons eh? that you need to bind and tell them, out, nature, you know, that is something I learned. You know what that means? Out you go. (laughs) Out you go. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, there are Mm. times when you see the enemies attacking your business. Mm. It's confusing people. And you can say, hey, in Jesus' name, out. That is supernatural stuff. The kingdom of the world. They'll they'll start drawing a, a, a model. How do you deal with this? That thing was a demon. Get rid of it. But do you know the difference? And most times I see people using a supernatural solution... For something they will have built best practices for it won't work if you break the rules and you and you go and sow seed and say it will work it will not work fix best practices know the word of god and apply it then work the supernatural or work all of them
0: together frank that's so profound i hear you saying you cannot solve the spiritual problems with earthly can I call it earthly, or secular standards, but you can also solve secular standards as well without with spiritual problems. Okay. So I can't bind what I should sort out yes. with, with good practice.
1: God expects you to take responsibility. Yeah. Wow, found. If you need to have Weber mm. in your business. No amount have of, no matter fasting.
0: <laughs> have Weber. No amount of fasting we yeah. take away that way.
1: As it you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say something that will sound crazy, but mm. insurance mm. can be used for spiritual warfare. Frank, what do you mean? You know, if you pay your insurance for your car and you get an accident, you know they pay you. You don't need to not now come and pray, Father, give me another car. Oh. The devil caused an accident. Oh. Now give me ah, uh-uh. you don't need to. The other car is coming. Pay your insurance, just find a good place. If you don't have one, let me know, I'll take you to my my people. That I realize it can be spiritual warfare. Just by using best practices well, you've
0: put certain things that the enemy won't be able to go in. Wow. Frank, thanks for making it so simple and yet so powerful. I mean, these are great principles. These are graduate principles, but you've made it so simple. Any parting shot? Oh, um, I, I really
1: like the conversation on Holy Ghost Amen. being your competitive advantage. He's available. How come we don't ask him to come and work with us? Come, we're not using our heritage. It's He's here. He's our friend. He's our help. When you're hiring somebody, are you asking him, who is this guy? I've done background check. I've done best practice. but then ask him, hey, who's this guy? Is this the right guy for me? He'll talk to you. But then you realize you didn't spend time. You didn't do the work required to be hearing God. So guess what? We need to learn to hear God as a as a, as a kingdom person. So this, these are the things that I, I actually just want to say. This triangle that says best practice, biblical principles, and supernatural, this is like a must to learn to work with because it empowers you to, prov- to ensure your business begins to birth profit. Profit is not a reward from God. In fact, maybe that's what I should have said. <laughs> profit is a result of stewardship As do. It is not a reward. Mm. It is a result. Mm. Do you know what the reward is? Fulfillment. Matthew 25, he says, come in, you good and faithful servant. And then he says, he increases. So reward is fulfillment and increase. But profit, Profit is a result of stewardship and obedience. Man, this is deep. Thank you, Frank.